the Passover, the highlight of the Jewish calendar, had come. And Nicodemus should have been pleased and excited. After all, this would be one more opportunity to secure his good standing with God. And he was well on his way. He believed, as all good Pharisees did, that there were two requirements for God's acceptance. To be born into a Jewish family or convert to Judaism. And to keep the law and traditions. He was not only a Jew born into, God's, into the Jewish uh, group, but as part of the Sanhedrin, he was a ruler of the Jews. He was a super-obeyer. And now Passover had come again, giving him one more opportunity to gain favor with God. So why was he troubled? It was this new teacher, Jesus. Nicodemus was intrigued by him. Could he be the Messiah? But there were things that just didn't make sense. Like when his colleagues asked Jesus for a sign. Jesus said, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Nicodemus had watched the building of this temple for 46 years. all Nearly his entire lifetime. And this man would raise it in three days? People were flocking to Jesus during this Passover time, believing in him because of his miracles. And yet Jesus remained aloof. It was as if he could see their hearts. As if he knew they were just amazed at the miracles and not truly placing their trust in him. Nicodemus had to see Jesus. He had to have his questions answered. Are you the Messiah? Are we missing something? How does one truly become part of the kingdom of God? He had to see Jesus, but he couldn't be seen with Jesus. Not as a member of the Sanhedrin. So he met Jesus at night. Teacher, we know you must come from God because of the signs that you do. Even though Nicodemus didn't ask those questions that were rolling around in his head, Jesus addressed them. This is the truth. To see God's kingdom, you must experience a second birth. How, how can I, an old man, get into my mother's womb again to be born? <laughs> he was still, Nicodemus was still caught up with this idea of being born into a Jewish family and to be connected through the Mosaic Covenant. But Jesus was talking about the New Covenant. About God giving mankind a new heart and a new spirit. Nicodemus didn't get it. Jesus continued, 
Even you, a teacher of Israel, don't understand these things. People only talk about what they know. People tell others what they see and what they understand. I know what I'm talking about. But you people don't believe me. I explain heavenly truths with earthly illustrations and you still don't understand. What else can I do? I have come to make this truth very clear. Even as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up so that those who believe in Him may have life. God loved the world so much that He gave His unique Son so that those who believe won't be lost, but will have eternal life. God didn't send His Son into the world to condemn people. He sent Him to save them through Him. But while everyone who does not believe is already condemned, those who believe are saved from condemnation. That night, Nicodemus learned that it was not physical birth or keeping the law that guarantees entrance into God's kingdom. Instead, he needed to believe. To believe in that one who would be lifted up to save him from certain death. He needed to let God's Son be his substitute and give him a new heart and a new spirit. It's a true story from God's Word taken from John chapter 3. And somebody was there to take a picture. And so we have that record. It is a privilege for me to be here with you today. I'm excited. Uh, I appreciate even just being asked to be here and share with you. My name is Gil, and there's Denise, sitting right down in front. She's my wife, and uh, we have moved to the area recently. We're excited to be here and uh, hope to be able to share with you more as we go along. But now, the message is not over, but I'm going to ask you to stand. Can you do that for me? Everybody stand up. And what I'd like you to do is talk to... Two or three or four people around you. Now, some of you, look at these gals right up front. Nobody's behind them except for another row. You'll have to see what you can do. But talk to two or three or four people. That means you can turn around. That's why we stood. All right? I want you to answer these questions. What was being celebrated in Jerusalem at that time? That's an easy one. And then what did Nicodemus and many Jews believe were the two requirements for God's acceptance? All right, let me have your attention here, please. Don't sit down yet. Don't sit down. I don't know if we can do this. Uh, Now, I'm assuming that you got those answers pretty quickly, and then you just talked about what you're having for lunch or a ball game. That's okay. But uh, somebody that's nice and brave, give me that first one. What was being celebrated in Jerusalem? Piece of cake. Good. The Passover. Now, the, the second one, 
What did Nicodemus and many people believe were the two requirements? They had those two. Somebody give me one. Excellent. I heard that. To be born into a Jewish family. Now you could convert to Judaism and then you were part of the group, maybe. But that was key, to be born as a Jew. How about the second part? They had to follow the law. They had to, 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 to obey. Very good. Now, before you sit down, one more set of questions, and then you can relax. Right? What was troubling Nicodemus? What things did Jesus say which confused Nicodemus? And do you think Jesus may have been referring to another temple? Just talk about those things. And this time, when you're done, you may sit. All right. Great. Listen to that. It's like our, our voices are connected to our legs. As you sat down, it got quieter and quieter. Now, I know that was hard for some. I'm in church. I need to be quiet. So thank you for putting up with that and helping me out. Uh, somebody then helped me out uh, again. What was troubling Nicodemus? Okay, he couldn't be seen with Jesus. That's a good one. Uh, he had to be careful. He had to go at night. But what else was troubling him uh, before he even talked to Jesus? Yeah, Jesus of Nazareth. I like that. Uh, was Jesus really the Messiah? And he just, he was obeying, he was following the law, he was doing all this stuff, but something just didn't seem right. And in fact, something didn't seem right about Jesus. He was, he'd raise up the temple in three days. What was all that? We'll talk about that in a minute. What things did Jesus say which confused Nicodemus? You must be born again. How in the world can that happen? Right? He didn't know. I mean, he was thinking, got to be born a Jew. So, how can I do that again? That was going to be difficult. Uh, also, that he'd rebuild the temple in three days. That color didn't turn out too much different, but I think you can find it in there. So then, everybody together, do you think Jesus may have been referring to another temple? Yes. yes you Very good. That's right. So, we know later that he was talking about his body, right? But Nicodemus wasn't there yet. Uh, you shouldn't feel too bad for Nicodemus because uh, the very next chapter, chapter 4, when Jesus is talking to the Samaritan woman, we find out something about the disciples, those 12 that were following Jesus. In that, well, maybe we shouldn't tell you. But they didn't know yet that Jesus was the Messiah. So for Nicodemus, yeah, we can give him, cut him some slack. What did Jesus say was necessary to see God's kingdom? To be born again, right? So let's just talk for a little bit, a uh, little bit of history. We have the Abrahamic Covenant, right? God started his nation with the Abrahamic Covenant. Do you remember what three parts were there in that? Well, in chapter 12 is when this first started. God gave Abraham a promise that he would give him land, descendants, and a special blessing. Chapter 15, that promise turned into a covenant. 
And uh, there's a fascinating scene there we won't get into, but God made it a covenant. The animals were divided up in half, and, and then when Abraham, as Abraham slept, God passed through those, making this a firm covenant. He would give him land, descendants, and blessing. Chapter 22 of Genesis, Abraham is supposed to sacrifice his son. Now we see at the very beginning of that chapter that it says this is a test. God put Abraham through a test. But he didn't hear those words. God said, I want you to take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and sacrifice him to me on Mount Moriah, where I'll show you. But at the end of that, he says, because you gave your son, were willing to give your son, and didn't hold back your only son whom you love, without a doubt, I will make your descendants like the sand of the, uh, in the seashore and the stars of the sky. Land, or, or this, uh, descendants, sorry. Through your descendant, I, he, or he will rule the nation, and through him I will bless all the descendants, or all the people of the earth. Emphasizing more the descendants than the blessing. So then later we come to the Davidic covenant. This is in Second uh, Samuel chapter 7. And in that Davidic covenant he emphasizes the descendant and the throne. Which he kind of did at the end there in chapter 22. So we have these two covenants. They're both unconditional. But in the middle of these covenants, in between them, God gave another one. The Mosaic covenant. He was establishing his people as a kingdom of priests, a holy nation that represented God to the nations. Do you remember what that looked like? You have Egypt down here in the south. And for them to go visit anybody else in the civilized world, what did they need to do? They had to come north, pass through Israel, and then up into Assyria. Or maybe over into Babylon. If they wanted to come from Babylon and Assyria down to Egypt, they passed through Israel. God wanted his people to represent him to the nations, and that's exactly what happened. But the Mosaic Covenant was conditional. If they obeyed the law, they'd receive the blessing. Simple, right? But it was so difficult. They couldn't keep the law, nor could we. But oh, how wonderful a different covenant that he made later. We read about it in Jeremiah 31. I'll just read that again. It's 31.31 if you're interested. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. What covenant was that? The Mosaic Covenant. They came out of the land. They went to Mount Sinai. Moses went up. He brought down the law. That was the the Mosaic Covenant. He said, My covenant that they broke. Though I was their husband, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, declares the Lord, I will put my law within them, 
and I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. This covenant is unconditional. And he's writing it on their hearts, not on tablets of stone, but on their hearts. It's unconditional. Its fulfillment depends not upon us, not on our being born, not on our obeying, obeying, but on God's faithfulness. He said he'll be our God, we will be his people. He'll forgive wickedness, remember their sins no more. With this in mind, let's go back to Nico's story, Nicodemus' story. In this story, towards the end, what example did Jesus use from the Old Testament? We didn't talk about it. Does anybody remember? The snake, somebody said. Right. Uh, It says, Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. That's what Jesus said to Nicodemus. The people complained. The people sinned terribly. And God had enough. So he sent fiery serpents. That's the way it's described. Fiery serpents. There is a a snake in that region still today. It's probably this snake. It's called the carpet viper. It hides itself in the sand. Just makes a little bit of sound before it attacks. And when you are bit, it burns. Fiery serpent, right? It burns and hurts terribly for two to three days. On the third day, you get to feeling better. And on the fourth day, you die. So the people were bit by these fiery snakes, and it hurt badly, and they, and they repented, and they asked Moses to pray for healing. And he did, and God provided. He said, pick up that, to make that bronze snake, pick it up, lift it up high. Anyone who looks will be saved. Well, was the serpent magical? There must have been something in the water, right? Or, I mean, why, why did that work? Why did looking save the people? Good. <laughs> Excellent. It's faith. They were believing what God said. That's what made the difference. said, Lift it up there. If you look, you will be saved. Now think about what we learned about the carpet viper. On that third day, you're feeling pretty good. I don't need that thing. I'm not looking. What if they said, stupid? I'm not. I'm going to look at that. What if they said, you know, I'm going to wrap this thing up. I'm going to take care of them. Maybe I'll get to a doctor. Maybe they, some of them said, you know what, I don't deserve to be healed. I'm not looking. It could be that some of them thought some of those very things or other things. But the fact is all they had to do was look. And they would be healed. It's faith. But it's faith believing, not in that piece of metal, but in what God said. 
what God said would happen. They just had to look. They had to believe what God said was true. Back to Nicodemus. Being born a Jew, obeying the law, didn't do it. It didn't save. It didn't get one into the kingdom of God. Looking to Jesus, believing what God says about us, about our sin, how it separates us from God, and about Jesus, that He is God's Son and He alone can save. That's what makes a difference. Look and live, my brother, live. Remember that? That's based on this story. Looking to Jesus. Believing what He says about us and our sin and about Him is what will save us. Last week, Pastor Andrew preached from John 1, 1 to 18. Let's go back there for a moment to wrap up. If you have your Bibles, up until now you're saying, that guy hasn't even opened his Bible. Well, I did. Uh, We're in John chapter 1. John chapter 1. And you can, we're going to look at a verse in particular, but as we start at the top, John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. In fact, all things were made through Him, and and it goes on. We know this passage. In the beginning was the Word. We jump down to verse 14. Look at that. It says, And the Word, that one at the beginning that's God and with God and, and, and creating, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. We know this to be Jesus. He's the Word. He became flesh. If we, if we back, went back up to verse 9, it says, The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Later on, Jesus is going to say, I am the light of of the world. This is all talking about Jesus right here. So then when we get to verse 12, and it says, But to all who did receive Him, who believed in His name, He gave the right to become the children of God. The children of God. That's what Nicodemus was concerned about. How to be part of God's kingdom. How is it done? How did he think it was done? We already said, by being born into a Jewish family, converting to Judaism, obeying the law. Look at verse 13. Uh, We'll read 12 again. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God, who were born, children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Right there, and say, Nicodemus, it's not being born of a Jewish family. This bornness is different. What did Jesus say? Basically, a little later, he says it was by looking to him, just as the people had to look at the snake. 
What did that do? It showed that they were believing what God said about the snake. That's all it did. No magic, no water, no poof. But they were believing what God said. And it changed them. It made them well. What does this verse say about becoming a child of God? It's about receiving. It's about believing in Jesus. This word that's translated receiving is, uh, it's translated well. You know, a lot of times the pastor will get up here and say, well now this, this word, <clears throat> it means such and such. You know what this word means? Receive. But, there is a, an interesting nuance about it that, that has to do with, with picking up and taking it with you. This idea of receiving Jesus is re- picking him up and taking him with you. Now, Jesus doesn't need to be picked up, but the idea of receive and take along. Come and see, doing life with Jesus. Is this the theme for the John uh, uh, series? I see one head. Thank you very much for that. Right. It makes perfect sense. Those who receive Jesus say, come along with me because this is I, I choose you. I want to go with you. That's what it is. Doing life with Jesus. Nicodemus found that out. Even though we don't see whether Nicodemus truly took that step of faith in this passage, because we don't, it just ends. Then what? I believe that he did. We do see some actions later in the book, and we'll have to wait for those. That, may show, that show that he may have believed. I believe John will show us some of the people who received Jesus. Do you notice uh, in this, this is the ESV that's, that's on the screen right now, but to all who did receive him, that's past tense, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. They're in the kingdom of God. They have been brought in. I believe this verse early on in chapter 1, this is talking, he's saying, you're going to see some people who received him. You're going to see some people who believed. And I'm going to tell you about them in this book of John. So I believe you'll be able to see that as we go along. As Pastor Pastor Andrew preaches and moves through these stories, you'll see people who did receive him, who believed in his name, and he gave them the right to become children of God. This verse is key to knowing God and being part of His family. Have you received Him? Have you believed in Him? Don't be coming to church and obeying and doing good things to gain favor with God. doesn't do it. Don't think being born into a Christian family That'll get me in good with God. Nicodemus found out it doesn't work. Those who receive Jesus, those who believe in Jesus, become part of God's family. It's the only way. And then you can do life with Jesus. Come and see. Let's pray. Our great God and Father, we thank you so much for this story. It's an event. 
that happened many, many years ago. We thank you for Nicodemus' zeal, his concern, his wanting to know more, and his coming to Jesus to find out. More than that, Lord, we thank you for Jesus' answer, for Jesus revealing to Nicodemus how to become part of your family, your kingdom. Help each one of us to to receive, to come along, take you along with us, to believe. And Lord, help us to share it with others. We ask in his name. Amen.